The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now, Scratch Band's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick and join the evolution. Scratch Band. More information at scratchband.life. And welcome back to another episode of the In Stuff Podcast. Hi. And I have a question for you. Go. That hopefully doesn't come across as too weird. I'm wondering, is it is it a uh, hmm, is it in a is it awkward? To have someone go into the bathroom right after a woman. It it depends on what just happened. That's the thing. If I've annihilated the bathroom the and somebody follows me after right in, it <laughs> that's just, rough. It's a thing that I'm struggling with because you know I it particularly these days where I'm still not having a lot of people over to my house. So often there's just like two people in the house. Right. Like. You know, if anything happened in there, who did it? <laughs> and so it seems I feel awkward about going into the bathroom right after a woman, just in any sort of general situation where you're, there's a shared bathroom. Do you think it's that's a, a cultural faux pas? I don't know that it's a faux pas. I think that I think there are many people, and I would venture to guess that it would be a high percentage of people that... Mm-hmm really just feel self-conscious but mm-hmm. everybody poops right yeah that's what I it just, comes down i just to. think like you know i'm reading these books on how to be a gentleman i think a gentleman allows for a certain amount of time to pass before he goes into the bathroom <laughs> after a woman so why would you go in directly after because I mean, you have to go bad well that's the extenuating circumstance mm-hmm. in which case it's fine yeah I don't know. It also feels like a bizarrely personal overshare or something. Like you're almost like, it almost seems like a slight invasion of privacy. I was shaking my head. I don't think so. I mean, no. when it when it comes down to it, people, we're all doing the same things in, in there. Yeah. Eventually. And it's nice to give somebody a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, if, especially if you live in a house with one bathroom, yeah, it's just not practical. Which I grew up in a house with one bathroom, which is why I have an, an extra large bladder from <laughs> all those Sunday mornings when everybody was using it at the same time. And if you didn't get up early, there were times I was like really eye in the backyard. How many people were in your family? Four. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was like that with us. We had, that was when there were three kids. So we all shared one bathroom. bathroom. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, we were relatively young. So it was my parents and my brother and I, and then my Mm -hmm. youngest, but at the time my, she was now my middle sister. She was pretty young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. (laughs) <laughs> anyway that's not what today's podcast is about though <laughs> not at all no i could fill an hour with that but it's about the hololens 2 from microsoft which is actually sitting right over there i was gonna hey. return it to if you want to look at it to jog your memory and anything but we're doing uh kind of an unboxing we shot a video unboxing of it already which i'm sure we can have a link for folks i'll to embed folks it too. on the page okay and we're gonna play the audio Oh, sure. Oh, no. Today? No, in this episode? No. This... Oh, okay. I thought we, we just discussed that. I know, but I, apparently we we ended up with different impressions <laughs> of what we agreed on. I we were just talking about it today. Okay. I... <laughs> because the video is like pretty long and, yes. and whatnot. So anyway, we can if you want. You decide. But um, First of all, let's talk about, so we're going to just kind of talk about our, our first impressions of it. And we've, I've probably spent maybe 15 to 20 minutes playing with it after the rather extended setup process. That's um, all you've done? You've had this for two weeks? That's when I got bored with it. Oh, gosh. What did you do with it? How long, how much have you messed with it? Let I've been just... in there for a number of hours. Really? Yeah. Doing what? Just trying out different stuff, going through... I, I was really curious about um, hand tracking. Oh. So I was just trying the hand tracking things, and there's some apps in there that are kind of open-ended that I played with, like you the garden. Must have found, you found stuff I didn't realize was in there. That must be it. Well, I, I tried thought it was, to. I thought it was just a bunch of 3D objects you could play with. No, I found some other stuff. I was trying to hmm. figure out if there was an app in the store, in the Microsoft store, where I could build from in the hollow ends mm-hmm. that's why i had spent so much time in there and then i got sidetracked by a number of things okay yeah. well anyway before we get too far into our experience with it let's talk about what it is what and, it is and i thought i knew what it was but you apparently told me i'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> I, those are not the words i said i thought it was just ar goggles that's what i've been telling everybody but you're saying it's mixed reality it's mixed, goggles in my mind it is mixed reality it's kind, it's a it occupies this space that is between virtual reality and augmented reality okay so you have this extended reality capability where you can augment things that are um or that appear to be part of the world around you in meat space but you can also do things that have nothing to do with your immediate surroundings too you can browse the web, you can watch a video, you can be somewhere in in an app manipulating a 3D object, but it has nothing to do with its physical context in the uh, real world. Okay. All right. But you're not talking about like being engulfed in it like VR. It's still overlaid over the real world. You can see the real world behind it. Yeah. So the goggles on the HoloLens, there are they're passed through. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, maybe that's just the difference maybe that you're noticing is that no matter what you're looking at, you can see the real world beyond mm-hmm. that um, whatever's being displayed in your field of view. Okay. So I think I get the distinction. You think of augmented reality as something that is you specifically... 
what did I leave in? It's all sweaty and greasy in there now. <laughs> That's how it came. <laughs> That's just the way the foam is. All right, fine. I might have gotten a little excited. With Were the you playing tennis? The, there was a shark thing I was messing with. <laughs> anyway, so for you, augmented reality is when uh, a computer image is overlaid on the real world. To me, yes. Then, And that context is an important component of mm -hmm. what's being displayed and why. But in that sense, these aren't augmented reality at all. Sometimes. As by default, I guess it would, you'd have to, okay. All right. You're right. Anyway. That's why we call it mixed reality. Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to drop this cause I, I think I agree with you. Okay. So the way that they, let's describe, I mean, people obviously can go look at them online, but for folks who haven't done that yet, it's, it's a lot like uh, a VR headset, except that it's got like a pair of almost like glasses like frames on the front and then balanced out by a battery and whatnot in the back the battery and the computer oh the computer's in the back too okay yeah. and so um but it's got the same like side straps and overhead strap like a regular oculus um headset does uh, it looks stupid on pretty much everybody um <laughs> It just looks goofy. It looks sort of like um, maybe a fighter pilot headset when they just had the visor down to their nose. Um, not like a motorcycle headset. I guess that's... Anyway. I think but it's not, funny. not as cool as a fighter pilot headset. In Microsoft's marketing, though, they try to make it look cool. Yeah. If you watch some of the pieces that they've released, there's, one, mm -hmm. there's a moment where there's a woman like in her living room having a, you know, a business meeting or a business type meeting. And they have her daughter like peeking in the door. And mm. she's like, wow. Yeah. Super excited about the whole thing. But mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, sure. Maybe it looks cool, but it really doesn't make anybody look cool. No, it's even probably dorkier than Google glass. Oh, by far. Yeah. There's Google a whole glass assembly. Is much lower profile. Yeah. So that's the basics of what it looks like. And so let's talk about what your experience was like with it. What what are your, first of all, it costs like 3,500 bucks. This is the HoloLens 2. You say the, the HoloLens 1 is more developer related than there's this? There's two versions of the HoloLens 2. There's, oh. there's a corporate, I think it's corporate. Um, what was, how do they call it? There's a developer version and there's essentially an enterprise version. Okay. That's for, I think, entities that want to purchase it for use in their, I don't want to say back office, but essentially like production environments. Okay. Um, and this is definitely something that I wouldn't purchase for myself. Because mm -hmm. it's not immediately applicable to my life um, with regard to the price point in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is interesting to see the apps that are currently running on it. And so putting it on for the first time is really, the setup does take a long time, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. And it is much more personal than setting up a cell phone, even because you have to set up um, like customization. A There's a retina scan and the customization for how you wear the visor compared mm. to... Um, where your eyes sit and it does some eye tracking as well so you have to set up eye tracking the same as if you would have um, like a, an intuos pad or like a track pad and you would set that up you have to set up 
the HoloLens. So you're looking at the different corners of the screen and you're, you know, the HoloLens will project a gem essentially. And it says, mm -hmm. look at this thing. So it can see how you look at objects and it will set up eye tracking that way. And it takes a long time to set up. Yes. And then it's hard but to it's share fun. with people. Right. The setup is actually pretty fun <laughs> because it's so weird to just be able to type in midair. So someone like when, when you started it up, I was just kind of amazed because immediately you're just reaching out a couple feet in front of your face and typing things and selecting things. And it's intuitive that way. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun if this is your first time with mixed reality, it, it's really just even the setup is pretty awesome. And there's like that butterfly or sorry, hummingbird that flies around. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but one thing we did learn if setting it up is that if you do want to share it with other people, especially other people who aren't going to be around you all the time, you should set it up as belonging to an institution, which why, because then you could have more than one login on it. We set it up as just for you. Cause we didn't want this weird institution thing. And then when I tried to fire up when you weren't here, it was like impossible. It required your password and stuff. Access denied. Right. <laughs> but I'm not sure if you don't actually belong to one institution, how that would work. Because it wanted us to like, you. fortunately, we happen to belong to the same institution. Right. And we have emails with the same domains. But otherwise, I don't, I don't know how well that would work. But mm. yes, this yeah, is, Microsoft is not marketing this as something for consumers, which I think makes a lot of sense because I, they probably have a lot of upset people who are like, I paid 3,500 bucks for this and I'm bored with it after half an hour mm -hmm. because it's meant to be developed. You know, little foreshadowing. I think the potential of this thing is insane and it almost makes me want to buy Microsoft stock because <laughs> I think this thing could be absolutely incredible if it got down to the price of uh, Oculus and had the type of game selection but you explored that more than me. So you get past the login, which uh, allows you to do things like set up um, voice control and all sorts of weird shortcuts. One of the cool things is it sets it up. So if you look at your wrist, the home button will appear and then you like touch your, your pulse point, which is kind of weird, a little bit like stigmata. <laughs> Well, it's better for though. anyone who like thinks like technology is going to lead to, you know, the end of, you know, Earth or something like that. You I are. Would, I would have to say, like, having Microsoft place the home button where, like, Jesus had nails <laughs> put through his arm but, <laughs> was I mean, maybe not the best call. <laughs> it's understandable why they did that. Because it's there are no controllers. Right. So it's tracking what it what it ends up tracking. Because I watched an, a video on the their smile interface, essentially, mm -hmm. um, which is the development of the gesture control uh -huh. and so it tracks based on hand the contour of the hand it can tell like what is up and what is down so mm -hmm. when your hands rotate it can it can read those gestures yeah um and the wrist is just obviously not the hand it needs to be able to read the hands to see these gestures and right. see how you're manipulating things um i, I get it but i would have run that one by the pope before i before i put it in <laughs> Too creepy new technology. You feel like you're selling your soul. <laughs> you feel like you're like, I don't know. It's got religious connotations. But anyhow. Um, so, yeah. I, and I'm glad you brought that up. There's no controllers. So, unlike 
so how it's different from things like Oculus, which I don't know, I'm assuming some people have, have used, and it's the closest thing I can think of right. um, to relate to. There's no controllers. It just immediately recognizes your hands. There's really no problems with that. And also, you, you can see, so you don't need to like designate a safe area like you do on, on Oculus. And then as you're moving around, too, it'll map the space that you've moved mm -hmm. to so you're not constantly remapping a boundary right and it remembers where things are in space so basically what's kind of weird is you can take an object and place it in a room and walk away to a different part and come back and it's still in that spot so you can turn <laughs> around and i guess in theory you could lose a menu because you like put it in one part of the house and then you have to walk around and try and find the menu again. <laughs> but I found that pretty cool with the little example 3D objects. There's some 3D objects and 3D animations. Lots to choose from, but after a while it's, you know, kind of all the, the same thing. But for example, they had they had a shark, which I thought was cool. So Of course. I, you can grab the shark and you can make it larger and you can walk all around it and and uh, look inside its mouth, and you can do in um, whatever in app in Hololens recording, so so you can show people later what you're seeing. Kind of like a screen recording. Yes, you can do a screen recording. I I'm not aware yet of any way to share like on a phone what you're seeing, which you can do with with Oculus. Yeah, you have so to other send people the can recording, see it, but you could you can share the recording, which. I found not to be super easy. It was like you can send it through your Microsoft account or something like that, but there was no really easy, like just email it to someone kind of way that I could find. But anyway, um, that's about as far as, as I got into it. Battery life seems fine. I didn't have any problems with that, but again, I wasn't using it forever. I ran into a battery life issue. How long was it for you? It seemed like it was going to be a few hours. Okay. So I got into it. There are a few mornings where I, you know, I got to work, caught up on everything, and then just put the headset on and spent some time exploring. And what I was, I, like I said, I was looking for apps where I could actually make things. Mm -hmm. But what I found was um, there's an app in there that lets you grow a garden and it's kind of um, a touch interface. So you touch a point and then all of these almost like fractally generated mm -hmm. vines grow cool. and then there's flowers that grow and you are essentially growing these things on on the things the in the real world really? that are directly in front of you so i think that <sighs> takes a bit of processing power it's unfortunate that this has arrived just as i went through this phase where i didn't like technology anymore <laughs> <laughs> after the summer i've had of everything breaking i just yeah i i I didn't dig that deep in. I'm disappointed with myself. So how what? many, how many, so you go into the Microsoft, I guess I just didn't think there was much in there. How many apps for it? Did you have a sense of how many are available right now? Oh, I didn't count. There's, there's a few and I think people would have a hard time making meaningful use of a number of them. Mm -hmm. There's another app in there that was uh, the human anatomy 
Mm. where you could look at the skeletal structure and mm-hmm. the muscular structure and the nervous wow. system, things like that. So you could get a sense of it was one part of a larger program that had been developed for it. Oh, okay. But that was cool to see. It was Are these free? That so what was in the store is free. Okay. I think the one the larger more build out version is it you have to buy. Mm-hmm. There's also a viewer that uh, works with SketchUp. So mm, if you're building mm-hmm. in SketchUp, you can load things into your HoloLens. What else did I run into? There's a number of games that you could play. Oh. And some of the ones, one in particular seemed dumb. Mm. The others are, were kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot you can do with other people right out of the box, I discovered. If you don't know anybody with a HoloLens, yeah, you're not going to accidentally <laughs> run into somebody with a HoloLens while you're wearing it. It's kind of a big ticket christmas item yeah uh, I, don't, I don't see people a lot of people getting it under the tree <laughs> this year okay cool and the, the other thing that struck me was that you know i hope in the future gets sorted out a little bit is there there was a bit of a feeling of like the edges of the screen so it it felt like the projection area was a little bit narrow mm-hmm and I felt like if the projection had gone all the way to the edges of the glass, that would have been, that would have created a much more convincing feeling of I'm in the room with this other object, but it felt a little bit kind of 16 by nine in terms of the space that it's projecting. So that, that, you know, it's just a little bit of a bummer. There's an app in there where you can draw and annotate too, which mm. I thought was promising. Mm-hmm. And when you're drawing and there is like a marker tool where you you can write and it writes in three dimensions instead of two dimensions. Cool. Which was great. And I was hoping to find something more like a painting app that did the same mm-hmm. thing where you could not just use markers, but use a paintbrush or a sprayer or something mm-hmm. like that and actually paint something in 3d in the space that you can see and potentially export that out to something else. And Mm -hmm. I was disappointed that I didn't find something like that. Okay. But you have done that in VR. That's correct. Did you have a a strong preference for one or the other? I mean, assuming that the options available in VR were the same in AR, is there, is there a reason why you might prefer one or the other? I would prefer to do that in AR only or because MR, it, whatever you want to call it. I keep <laughs> going back to that. Or extended reality. Right. There there are particular circumstances where I think I would want to be able to build or paint something and see the real world mm-hmm. just so I could make the thing in the context of the space I want it to exist in. Not yeah. be separate from it. What if you virtually painted a wall? Right. And then just step back to see what it looked like. I mean, Sherman Williams got to get off their butts. Maybe they're already doing this and get with Microsoft and say like, you know, if I could do that, imagine how much time that would be, would be saved if it was an accurate representation. Well, I wonder if they already have an AR app for like a mobile yeah, app that does that. Yeah, that's right. I guess they already have the AR apps for like, what will this TV look like in your room? Amazon. Yeah. And like all modern and Wayfair. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm right. constantly blown away at how many shopping apps do AR. Mm-hmm. And I never use the AR. Yeah. My place is small. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever used anything like that? Yeah, I think I used it for the a TV to see. Because I was trying to figure out how big I wanted the TV in here. I wanted it big enough that you could see it 
pretty well from far away, but not so big that it seemed like, I don't know. Your options you here know, are limited. Giant, there's a certain size where if you get beyond it on a TV mm-hmm. in a certain situation, it looks like your life priorities aren't quite right, in my and opinion. <laughs> and plus, the, in this room, it would be just The place monstrous. you live in, uh, windows are prioritized right. and not wall mm-hmm. space. Right, exactly. So anyway, um, so what were there any other thoughts you had on that you think would be valuable to people? Just playing around in in the apps that Microsoft had, or whatever. Any what else you want to talk about with the Hololens? I think that it would it would be interesting if you did work for a company that was making a big investment in these, and you had developers where you could actually build something Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense for the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what's happening. The military has a big contract for these right now. Mm. So they've bought a number of them and they're, you know, specifically being modified for um, for the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So individuals will have them and they can wear them. And that makes me think that Microsoft is going to continue working on this technology. I don't know that they have a roadmap for specifically for the HoloLens future development, but just developing mixed reality technologies, I can't imagine them stopping anytime soon, mm-hmm. which is encouraging. So they have a lot of buy-in from companies that have money, mm. including the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Encouraging, number one. And I think as far as mixed reality goes, there's the augmented reality aspect of things. There's a virtual reality aspect of things. I think as these technologies get sm- smaller and smaller, we've already talked about this, it's really compelling you have these use cases where you can have live translation and so Mm -hmm. you can be looking at a menu listening to somebody talk and just have subtitles you can try on tattoos before you get them you i mean there's in a more streamlined glasses than something so obtrusive as this giant thing right Mm -hmm. right so so that's a kind of like everyday Sort of, it's, I don't know. It's sort of like having your your iPhone versus having a a desktop computer that's designed for more heavy hitting um, programs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, or you know, it's it's the difference between holding your phone up to see something mm-hmm. versus like just wearing a pair of glasses to see something. Yeah, yeah. I think is more analogous to what's happening. So just being able to have that extra channel of information, whatever. It is, I think. Um, I get excited about it. I'm curious to see how the form factor continues to develop um, just from the hardware perspective. Because for how, regardless of how streamlined it is, the HoloLens is still something that you're not going to you know, get dates with. <laughs> Which is our main criteria whenever evaluating new tech products. It's funny, very few of them are going to get you dates, I found. But if you have a new haircut, no one's going to notice. They're going to notice True. the thing on your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I guess it depends on who you're trying to date. Well, that's true. Too. <laughs> I, what comes to mind for me with this is I feel like there's a bit of a battle between AR, MR, ER, um, and, uh, and VR. And so I see like HoloLens in one corner and Oculus in another quarter. And right now they're not, there's not much overlap. You know, HoloLens is very clearly going for 
like work productivity type stuff and 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 more yeah like enterprise type stuff and and oculus is just like here's something you can give a 16 year old they're gonna have a great time but i i feel like they're sort of just gonna could glob together at some point because oculus already to me it feels like it could almost already do this because it's got cameras on it already mm-hmm. and you can do what they call pass through where you double tap the the visor and you can see the world around you so you know when i'm the other day i was trying to eat strawberries while i did vr which is interesting <laughs> i you can do it i always i'm always really curious about what you're doing in your free time and this is really interesting window in on that i was watching <laughs> I was watching uh, a TV show and I, and one of the things I normally like, like about Oculus is that it's hard to eat while I doing stuff. So I feel like it, it discourages <laughs> me from snacking while I'm watching TV. Can you drink coffee with those big goggles oh, on? Oh, no. Oh, no. Remember we shot that video where I had them on and I tried <laughs> to drink a cup of coffee and it just bonked it. <laughs> there's not enough room to yeah. tilt the cup up. So no, you can't. But you can eat strawberries with them, okay. I found. Um, but you know, like I want to set the bowl down and you double tap the side and then you see a grainy black and white version of the room. And so I can put it down and then double tap and go back into VR. But if those cameras were higher end, then it could do both. It could overlay graphics over the real world and you'd just be watching a a video version of the world around you Mm -hmm. and jump back into VR and it'd be kind of a little bit like the best of both worlds, obviously little, little dopier looking and, uh, and there's the social element of who wants to be around a person who's got a giant box on their face. Just imagine though, if you were a vampire and you couldn't go outside, but then all of a sudden you have to... Oculus and you have pass through now and you can actually see It's things. not just vampire's eyes. It's their skin. Their whole skin can't be outside. Well, just wear a jacket with a hoodie. Okay, I could, I see. It's like, yeah, if you covered yourself up completely, but you could still, it's, it's, you can't cover your eyes. It's a revolution for vampires. (laughs) Sure. I would love to see the, the, you know, board meeting where they're talking about the underserved vampire market that will, (laughs) that will jump at the chance for. Also, I would like to see the recorded meeting where they did get into that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. So, you know, that's one thing that comes to mind, like maybe Oculus will come around because one of the things that I think of with this is in more of a gaming side is just how cool it would be to have a couple of them and play a shooting game with a friend inside your house where you can actually like duck behind real cover and and basically play like paintball in your house or, or go out in a, a yard or late but ba- it would be yeah like laser tag so that's one thing that seems seems pretty cool except and this is the thing that hangs me up that would be super fun mm-hmm. one it's, let me just say that i yeah. agree but would you do that with 3500 dollars headsets no so <laughs> that's the thing i mean for it to be a gaming headset it has to come down by like at least half if not you know, two thirds. Yeah. If you can't do a somersault with it and like knock it around. Right. Exactly. It's not going to be practical. Yep. And so that's what Oculus is doing an amazing job at is the, the price point is way, is pretty awesome for what it delivers. The other thing that comes to mind for me with this is uh grocery 
shoppers, not just me who can never find anything in the grocery store, but the people whose job is to put together orders for people who mm-hmm. are picking up. I don't know a whole lot about that, but it seems to me like if these people had a HoloLens that was aware environmentally aware of the environment around them and could highlight, here's the product, here's the product, here's the product, it seems like it would speed the process up a lot. Hmm, interesting. Not that they don't know where they're going already, but, I mean, with the sort of hunt and peck kind of way of picking out groceries. Let me tell you, I was just in Palmer this weekend, mm-hmm. and there is a very nice Fred Meyer in Palmer. Yeah. It is laid there. out totally different than any other Fred mm-hmm. Meyer I've ever be- been in. And I walked mm-hmm. in, and I had no idea how to find anything. Right. And it's maddening. Where was I? I was... Uh... Yeah, I was in a Fred Meyer here on the <laughs> the east side, the one that's the bad neighborhood Fred Meyer. Oh yeah, everyone hates the east side Fred Meyer. The west side's the best. quite sophisticated. Oh yeah, Only but the, the east side always feels like something's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's a totally nice looking Meyer on the inside, <laughs> or Fred's. I'm sorry, coming from the Midwest, I'm used to a different grocery store, but. But the parking lot, anyway, it's a really bad vibe on the east side one. And so I was in there with my daughter trying to find water balloons. <laughs> oh. And can't find them anywhere in the kids section. So I go into the app and it says, you know, it's in kids toys seasonal. Well, I couldn't find any. I mean, we went up and down every stupid aisle before finally we were like, maybe they're just out somewhere. And yeah, they're out like by the fruit or something like that because it's a seasonal product that they want you to walk by it's not one they want you to go look for so they need it yeah so they have balloons in the kids section you can find easily but for the life of me couldn't find these things and it's frustrating and makes me hate grocery shopping well i was there at the exact weird fred meyer Mm -hmm. could not find candy jars in the winter time Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so but that to me is not something that hololens is going to help with that's the great great grandchild of hololens which are the glasses that are unobtrusive that you could you could use for that kind of thing that would just you know it could be voice activated very close to what the echo frames are but just with echo frames with you know mr x er I was gonna what are we going to call this? this? Can we just come up with it? Mixed reality. Okay, mixed reality. You have echo frames, and I haven't tried them, but and we haven't reviewed them yet either, but the echo frames don't, they're more of an audio interface, not a visual interface. Is There's that correct? There's zero visual interface. Okay. It is, it's basically Bluetooth speakers on your face. Okay. There's. I mean, there's touch interface, but they really aren't, uh, there isn't, much they can do that you can't do with the AirPods or those other Bluetooth speakers where you can tap to skip and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so the fact that they're glasses seems irrelevant to the Unless you're a glasses wearer. And you don't want to wear ear blo- or uh yeah, earbuds. Earbuds to me I like earbuds and I have a pair that I mm-hmm. really like the Bluetooth set. But they don't sell them in different sizes that are diverse enough for them to be comfortable for me. Apparently mm. I have very tiny ear holes. <laughs> so, well, uh, I never see your ears, for, so I don't know. Even though I'm six feet tall, mm-hmm. I think my ear holes are very small because I have this Samsung um, ear earbuds. They're 
Even the kind that come, do they come with, because a lot of them come with the various size adjusters. Right. So those are more comfortable, hmm. but they, the, these inner ear um, Bluetooth earpieces, they're just too big to have all the different shapes and sizes of, I guess. So you would rather wear glasses? If they were bone conducting, yes. If they were bone conducting, yeah. which always sounds creepy to me, but interesting. Yeah. I do. I think the future, everyone's going to wear glasses. We've already think of, talked about this, but I want it. I still want it to be uh, contacts. Oh my contacts, gosh. right? Holy crap! Yes, contacts. To me, I just can't fathom how that's ever in our lifetime going to happen. But wait, what if they were monocles? <laughs> Very sophisticated. <laughs> An AR monocle. Yeah, a little <laughs> steampunky would be awesome. <laughs> So, or like those glasses that Benjamin Franklin made that have all the flip up lenses you could flip up. In he different... didn't actually make those, that's from a movie. Did no, he I make thought... those in real life? Yeah, I think really, he a... yeah. I thought that was made up. That's I'm gonna, not just, I will, I will look this up to confirm okay. it and put it and in the, show the notes. bet. Is okay, and whoever wins will come up with some sort of reward. I think that's <laughs> just from the movie, it's not just from the movie. Um, but what's the movie called? I've seen it in the movie. Is that part of National Treasure? National Treasure. Yes, yes. Right. Why would he make those in real life? He was an inventor. He made bifocals. He didn't make the things that like switch the lenses. This is around. why we're going to research. I, I'll give you he made bifocals. That, that, I, that I have heard. But I don't think that he originally double ground glass. I think that but he you think, tested you think he multiple made lenses first. These flippy things yes. with the different colors in them too. I don't know about the, the colors. I think they were just multiple lenses. Okay, I'm not ready to say he didn't do that. So <laughs> I retract the uh, the bet on that. Oh come on, where's your sense All right, of adventure? Fine, fine. He didn't make weird flippy lens things. He made bifocals. <laughs> Anyhow, caved peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um. The uh, another thing that comes to mind, I would buy these out of my own money for thirty five hundred dollars if I if it would overlay on my DeLorean engine yeah. and tell me what everything does <laughs> and how to do repairs because I have I will probably break thirty five hundred dollars worth of stuff on the DeLorean because I find it impossible to follow directions when I'm you know that come with the parts and they're just like, remove this bolt, banjo bolt. I'm like, what the heck is a banjo bolt? Where is it? I cannot follow text instructions. It's just impossible. They make no sense to me and it never seems to line up with what I'm doing. So, you know, mixed reality lenses that could overlay on a car engine and tell me what everything is and what I need to do to the car to get it to run or how to, how to fix something. I mean, oh, it makes my heart leap with joy. The idea that it would say, take a 19 millimeter wrench. And and that's, I mean, all the time I spend like getting the right socket and getting it up in there and taking the wrong part off and doing the whole thing backwards by accident and then putting it back in backwards by accident. Your DeLorean's really taking a toll on your It's been a bad health. summer, but I, I mean, I've done this with a <laughs> number of things. I, I put something in. I think I did it right. It doesn't seem to work. I take it out. I put it in the other way. It turns out that was wrong. I take it out and I put it back. And everybody who works on anything has done this. I'm learning. I thought it was just me, but apparently people do this all the time. <laughs> Humanity is a shared experience. Yeah. 
suffering would, is, is a terrible experience. <laughs> I would pay that amount of money too if I could hire somebody to map my house with you know where the plumbing is and where the exactly. electrical is yep. and all of that. Mm-hmm. It would be totally worth it to me to have that custom job and yep. then be able to look at my house and see like, Oh, I'm, I have a problem. This is where the line's running. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done that now to my house. Cause apparently I've reached that level of middle age where you start <laughs> labeling all the pipes. <laughs> but I just was like, it, I was like, why don't people do this when they install plumbing? Why don't they put a little label on it that says this goes to the kitchen, this goes to the boiler Nobody does that. I don't know if it's job security or what. So I got labels and I've labeled everything. And and so the person who comes after me, when the pipes inevitably blow up on them like they have on me, they'll know, turn this off, don't turn this off, or you'll kill this pump and all this sort of stuff that I learned the hard way. Yeah, if AR could do that, and then as we've talked about, or MR, if we as we've talked about before, I don't know if, I think this was when we talked about AR in general. So we might have a little bit of overlap with our AR episode. But That's okay. I'm sure some, we'll talk about it again. Something that, like, if it also had the, like, different sensors in it for thermal. I know I'm making, like, a weird, like, Godzilla arm motion right now because <laughs> I can't remember the word. Like the flare thermal. IR, but, it's the thermal imaging. Yeah. Yeah. So you could look at something and it would say, it would diagnose it. And it would say, this pipe should be hot, but it's not. So that's a problem. That'd be cool. I don't think it could show like electricity should be going through this, but it's not. But I mean, I, I've had some struggles with the, this all comes back to the DeLorean, but with the coolant, you know. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to look at the engine and be like, this is what the temperature of this pipe is. That's normal. And, and know like everything is flowing or here's where it's stuck. Like you've got a stuck thermostat because it's hot here, but it's not hot here. That you might stuff. be interested in hearing that Fleur, the company that does thermal imaging cameras, mm-hmm. one of the companies, they have made their own smartphone. You sure. told me this already. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting even with you for making fun of me about caving under That's peer okay. pressure. <laughs> Touche. Yes. <laughs> I still don't understand how it works because why would I buy, you say this is something that they just like made on their own. It's, like, are they actually trying to sell these to people? Is it yes. just like an iPhone that they hacked or what? I think it's an Android phone. Uh-huh. But one of the onboard cameras is one of their technologies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Right now it's so expensive. And that irritates me that the price has not come down more because I would love that technology, Mm -hmm. especially up here in Alaska, go around your house. Whenever you're cold in winter as a homeowner, the first thing you want to know is like, where is this cold coming in from? Yeah. And the answer is the outside. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, is it coming in worse in particular places? Like you got a leak, an air leak or something. Well, the place I'm renting right now, when I first moved in, there was a zone that wasn't working. And it it just took me a little bit to like to key in and understand when the furnace was kicking in, Mm -hmm. what zones were actually heating. And Mm -hmm. so it took me a little bit before I realized that there was a zone that wasn't actually turning on. Mm -hmm. And those glasses would have definitely picked that up sooner. Right. Back to the to the Hololens. What it seems like when you're talking about the skeleton and body um, applications, 
that uh, education is clearly another area that this could be useful for. Mm-hmm. Does anything come to mind for you in terms of what what this could do that that would revolutionize education? So from an education perspective, I think there's a lot of applications for science and also for the humanities. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to have a virtual lab set up mm-hmm. where you could see the real world and virtual elements and, you know, you can have a workbench and do whatever workbench activities on it. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting too, to be able to tie it into journalism mm-hmm. and like, I have this, we've talked about this. I think there's some potential for storytelling and mixed reality sure. that could be really compelling and for the visual arts also mm-hmm. that's that personally i'm really interested in um it's hard to justify that amount of money sometimes when you talk about the visual arts but i think that it is really compelling so when we talk about education 100 percent, i think that you you can find a lot of application for it and of course you know we have medical applications you could do process tech applications with it. What else have we worked with that I could imagine? And you know what would be fun is to find some application for learning math. So looking at things in the real world that have specific geometries and just help walk you through a scenario where like you're trying to find, you know, you're trying to figure out how, how much duct you need to run an air vent from point A to point B. What kind of math do you need to figure that out? Mm -hmm. Things like that. I think it could save a lot of frogs and earthworms if you could dissect in mixed reality rather than actually have a frog there that you got to cut open. That's one that comes to mind. Well, I, I'm trying to think of things where it's going to add so much that it's worth it and not just gimmicky. For example, one of the things that's kind of a trick for me to teach is lighting mm-hmm. in video production because it's a, you got to get the, all the different gear out and you got to move it around and students inevitably don't pay attention a lot of times to the tips that I give them or they don't internalize it. They screw it up. And so one of the things that I think would be cool is if you could use some sort of AR goggles to simulate a lighting experience That'd in the cool. real world. But the interaction of actual light in the room versus AR simulation, it almost seems like VR would be better for that in many ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to think, like, you know, I could... There could be a, a, a video camera that they could walk around and they could look at this camera in, in 3D and push buttons and see what happens. But they could also just do that on their computer. They could, you know, click and drag and move it around and click on it. Like, why is it significantly better that this thing is floating in their living room? Right. Because there are, there are plenty of times where things that are better don't catch on because they're not better enough to be worth the trouble and we'll talk about this when we talk about 3d tvs and everything Mm -hmm. 3d tvs are better than a standard 2d tv but people don't want them you know (laughs) although some of it comes down to you can make people have headaches and whatnot and 
yeah. be kind of unpleasant. But Well, being able to watch something, like, for instance, elements of a video at human scale, I think, is more impactful, too, in some situations. Mm-hmm. But that's a different thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm obviously, as you know, very focused on automotive stuff right now because the DeLorean continues to not run and it continues to drive me nuts and depress me. So maybe what we'll do is just build an owner's manual for the DeLorean. There you go. Let's do it. But um, teaching automotive stuff, like that could be pretty awesome. Um, Or imagine you're a a mechanic, you you, you own a repair shop and you want to hire people for less money you can you can pay people with less experience give them the hololens and it's going to tell them here's how you replace the muffler and you know red flashing you know light over this bolt and you do that and they don't have to internalize all this stuff or go to the shop manual or anything like that you know there's I'm imagining the mechanics in town just chasing you down the street with pitchforks now. I didn't invent HoloLens, I'm telling I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> These are things, yeah, I could see a fair number of, of blue-collar jobs not requiring so much experience anymore. And maybe uh, doctors a little bit less, but what if... It'd be interesting what, what for if telemedicine. More, more could go telemedicine, or or more could be given to um, uh, physician PAs, physician assistants. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and less memorization. It's. I mean, why do we make doctors memorize all this stuff? I mean, some things Just, are helpful. Yeah, but shouldn't like what why not just have a computer remember all that stuff? Then what do we need the doctor for? Well, (laughs) I think this goes back to, you know, rote memorization is an arduous task, but I think that having some things in your head give you the ability for flexible thinking Mm -hmm. where it's not just look up the thing. It's, I know that there are uh, these things that are available to do X. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could use them in a different way to get a different result. So having knowledge is useful for more complex tasks or for new insight instead of just rote memorization solving a quick problem. I'm I'm struggling to come up with something I've gone to the doctor for that AI couldn't have Here's the thing. figured out. This is this is something I wonder about. So I just went to a periodontist mm-hmm. and it's because I had some issues with my gums that have been chronic. Mm-hmm. And I figured when I went there, I w- they were just going to chop my gums apart and, <laughs> <laughs> and transplant new tissue. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that in the last decade or so, there had been some research where people had discovered that you could take a combination of two antibiotics that people had been taking for two totally different things, mm-hmm. not necessarily at the same time. But they they noticed that when you did take them at the same time, gum disease cleared up. Huh. And so they did some research and they confirmed that. Mm-hmm. And you could know as a doctor, this antibiotic works for this thing and that antibiotic works for another thing. But 
the combination of the two is a new insight for mm-hmm. solving something that was totally unrelated to the uses that they had before. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are opportunities like that where sometimes it's the people that are actually on the ground treating patients, noticing these things where it's not something that you can look up. It's something where you're practicing and um, noticing observations that provide insight. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to come up with, but that's more research ex- than, well, it's hard to come up with specific examples because these are much higher order um, tasks mm-hmm. than memorization and recall. Yeah. So I've been trying to think of something I went into a doctor for that I actually want to share with the world. Because <laughs> <laughs> most of them are not for like awesome things that are like I'm proud of. <laughs> but one that comes to mind is I had a problem with my ear was always felt plugged. Mm-hmm. And I'd always pop it and I always felt plugged again. So I went into ear, nose and throat doctor. And the doctor spent eight minutes with me, stuck a, you know, had a look at my ear, didn't see anything, suggested I take some nasal spray and charged me $485. And I was mad, <laughs> which is understatement. I wrote a nasty gram with that bill and I posted it on Facebook. I was mad. And I'm looking at that now. I'm like, I could have just walked in to, you know, the Sir- Dr. Siri and said like, my ear fear is plugged. Okay. And, and either the robot itself or a physician's assistant or something could have put the camera in. AI would have scanned it, would have said everything looks fine. It would have said, try this nasal spray and call me in the morning mm-hmm. and charged me 20 bucks. You know? Are your ears all better now? Because I use nasal spray a lot. Okay. But, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I learned my lesson. Don't go to the doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's just let's just say that you're and I, you and I are not doctors. <laughs> yes, but like you know, uh, I I was involved in a kidney transplant. Could a could a robot have done that? I mean, they All like they did laparoscopic, so they go in and like snip it off. But it's not like my kidney's hidden or anything like that. You know. So you want, you're advocating for a computer system similar to the one in Elysium. Is it Elysium? Also, the movie, one of the alien movies, the uh-huh. later early alien movies. Where you oh, can... yeah, where like the computer heals you of everything. Well, they do surgery. It's not magical or anything. But that's why everyone wants to get up to Elysium yeah. or whatever, because people live forever there and kids are dying on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a robot surgery, but it the robot was being driven was, by a doctor. Right. Um, I had colon surgery. They left a sponge in me. That sucks. Yeah, it makes for a good story, but you end up having to get cut open again later in the day. Oh, it's a, a, a overall unpleasant experience. And, of course, there's the threat of infection and death. Would a <laughs> robot that. have forgotten? You know, what they did, there was like 34 five things in me at any one time they counted the nurse counted the first time and got 34 so the surgeon was like okay count again the nurse counted again and got 35 and they're like okay sew them up they didn't do a tiebreaker as far as i was concerned it was one vote for 34 one vote for 35 count one more time Mm -hmm. but instead they're like okay there's 35 zip them up and then i develop a fever in the afternoon and go through misery of all kinds of things that nobody needs to know about and then they are like 
we left a sponge in you. We have to take it back out. Why? Why? I mean, why did a human have to do that surgery? They knew what part they wanted to cut out. Just tell the computer. Cut this part out. Do it perfectly so there's no... It's not... What is it called when they pair, when they cut your intestines by accident? When they they perforate it? it? Yeah. It's not... I always think of like perio... It's periodice, periodysis, some I don't know. Peri- anyway. I've also... I've had an issue with that. That's terrible. That caused a little bit of internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. Not with my intestines, but... Yeah, it's scary when you're bleeding and you can't stop it. Yeah, I haven't experienced that, but all right. Anyway, we got a little off follow lens, but again, that's why we call it in stuff. <laughs> Rob and Chris did talk about their medical problems. <laughs> yes, the ones that they're public friendly, more or less. Um, any any other things here? Um, so there's, I, still... I think there's just tremendous potential. Right, this, this is going to be incredible. And I think that there's still a lot of exploration to do with this. So mm-hmm. I've been in there for a few hours and I still don't feel like I've scratched the surface. And there are a number of apps that I want to continue working with to see if I can get things into the HoloLens. Mm-hmm. So that's the next step. Like what yeah. can we develop to get in there? Yeah. So we're going to figure out how to do that. I mean, I'm looking at my piano and there are apps that teach you piano. But what if you had ar glasses on that would highlight the keys and what notes they are guitar all sorts of instruments yeah and you know um one of the tricks of learning an instrument is that sort of translation from page to object well the actually what are the one of the particular perks of this is ar works best when there's a consistent object so meaning like an engine works great because it can recognize that image from the factory, which is going to look pretty close to your engine in your driveway, you know, so more or less, can, unless you've done some weird modifications to it. It could map the shape of the the engine block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when we I were, was playing with that, what's that one app where you can create your own augmented reality Thing. I can't remember what it's called, but, but for it to work, there had to be a consistent picture. Mm-hmm. And so like I, a marker. Yeah. So I could create flyers and I would say, point your phone at this flyer. And then it would generate video over a particular part of the flyer. Layar. Yes. Layar, which is super awesome, but it works by virtue of having the exact same image. The user has the exact same image that the creator had. And so the AR app can can map to that image easily. So it reads so, the marker yeah. to trigger the thing you want it to do. The object almost becomes like its own QR code or a barcode. Yeah. Because it's so it's basically identical to what what the creator was using. And so things like that, like a my Subaru engine, it's not like I tripped it out with turbo or something like that. Subaru has a pretty darn good idea of what my engine looks like and could create an AR app for HoloLens that told me what everything did in it and what to do if I need to replace something. It makes, while you were talking, I was imagining having a virtual docent at a museum. Yes. You could have somebody Mm -hmm. walk you through and explain a painting or a sculpture or Benjamin Franklin's glasses. Yeah. And then I remembered Futurama (laughs) 
has a version of that where it's this virtual Roseanne Barr. Oh, great. She is the knowledge of the future. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And for the 90% of listeners who don't know who Roseanne Barr was. I can't believe that, but okay. Yeah, I assume our demographic (laughs) trend's a little older than that. But yeah, and I'm sure that stuff exists already. It wouldn't be hard, hard to make because a picture is so consistent and, and a museum knows exactly where everything is and, and could map that out so yeah we did that for the paintings at the captain cook in anchorage oh okay cool well we it was mostly jen moss but mm-hmm. we helped a little bit captain cook is the ritzy hotel right in but they have a bunch of paintings on the wall that mm-hmm. have to do with um the the travels and exploits let's just call them that of of captain cook mm-hmm not necessarily somebody who needs to be venerated but he did stuff he did stuff he got killed in hawaii right yeah yeah he's kind of rude to indigenous populations but... <laughs> yeah rude okay yeah <laughs> i didn't know that much about him but i just it was interesting when you find out he's a he's a real guy mm-hmm. and not just the inspiration for a breakfast cereal or something like that that's captain crunch <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying he's not the same guy but must have been related. <laughs> he was captain. <laughs> They're both captains. They probably went to <laughs> seafaring school together. <laughs> and Captain Crunch just decided the ocean wasn't for him. <laughs> there wasn't a future in it. <laughs> what is he a captain of anyway? He's a captain a of <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Who needs to drive breakfast? I don't know, but it's a really important Who ran meal. my breakfast aground again? <laughs> I think we're probably done. Shall we move on to <laughs> things that blew us away? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. What do you got? Did I already talk about um, things trapped in amber? Is uh, that a, I feel like now that I think about it, I've talked about that. Okay. However, I really hope now that, I, now that I'm thinking back that I have not because I came across... I think my phone is feeding me things that are similar to what I've already read and been Mm -hmm. like, I'm excited about this. Mm -hmm. But there is now a new oldest fossil record of a mushroom Hmm. that parasitizes ants. Cool. So we have now cordyceps and what they do is they parasitize ants and they use them to, you know, spread spores. Doesn't it make them go to like a tall blade of grass and then a, bird eats them or something like that exactly yeah so it makes it makes whatever organism they're influencing do things that benefits the uh, the proliferation sure of the fungus mm-hmm. yeah because it doesn't go in their brain it goes into their brain it makes them zombies yes <laughs> it's so, so creepy this one is new it's um it's not let's see the cordyceps is the type of fungus that we're most familiar with doing it. And this is a hypocorealis instead. So there's a new type of mushroom they've discovered that has parasitized ants specifically. Mm. And now they have it set further back in the fossil record that this has been happening. <laughs> so I'm going to link the article. I know, right? Because <laughs> they have cool pictures of this thing Ugh. actually captured in amber. So it's cool. <gasps> wow. Yeah. <sighs> The whole like mushroom in your brain thing really freaks me out. Well, the mushroom wasn't exactly in the brain in this one. All right, but in general, parasites are pretty pretty trippy things. 
Cool. Well, I love Amber. I love parasites, and I love zombie ants. I'm gonna wait to. I'll wait for the surprise when you figure out where that actually um, showed up on the ant. Oh, <laughs> yikes! Yeah. Did I talk about um, uh, fundamental attribution error? I don't think I so. Don't, I'm pretty good at marking these things, but this is one that that struck me as kind of interesting, especially in today's times where everybody seems to be mad at everybody else. Mm, that is the thing that happens recently. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I came across these two types of attribution in psychology, dispositional and situational. And to me, these apply best when driving. And I, I, cause I am very sensitive about other people driving like idiots. Cause I take driving very seriously. Are you a ragey driver? I don't act out. I'm a ragey I, driver. I yell at people a lot. I yell in my car. It freaks yeah. my dog out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm just blown away by how ridiculous people can be in this thing that's ready to kill. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so how this applies is let's say that somebody cuts you off in traffic. Basically, in psychology, you have two types of uh, attribution for that behavior in, in this. In when I, I'm sure there's more than that. But anyway, there's the two that, that people tend to, to go toward are either dispositional. That person cut you off because it is in their disposition to do this. Right. That they are a bad person. So in, they're inherently a bad person. I feel like we've had this conversation. Do you? No. Okay, good. Let's just keep on going. And then situational, which is they cut you off because something in their life situation. Like they spilled coffee in their lap and they yes, were not paying attention. Exactly. Okay. Or they're swerving around something okay. or, or something. They, they're not familiar with the area and they didn't realize they needed to turn left. And so basically, these, this is a choice you have when reacting to somebody doing something or try, you have to decide... Did they do it because they're a bad person or because something in their situation? And fundamental attribution error is when we tend to attribute bad behavior to disposition rather than situation. And that's been interesting to me because I, I there's one very, there's been a couple of very illuminating experiences for me when driving. And one was when I was driving with a guy from Ohio and I haven't driven with a lot of people from Ohio, so I don't have a very good sample pool <laughs> but he tailgated like nobody's business on a really dangerous road and it was one of these situations where you're pushing your feet into the floor pad like we're not in a hurry he wasn't angry right. he just was falling right on the tail of somebody in a really dangerous road where there's like a lot of turning and a lot of traffic coming in and out and a lot of reasons this person might need to stop quickly and what was surprising to me about that was that if I was in the car being tailgated, I would assume this person was furious at me for going so slow and just desperate to get around me. And he wasn't. He's just a horrible driver. And so... Or he's from Boston. Well, he's from Ohio. I, okay, I'm just saying. Oh, by way of Boston? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, uh, I just... Uh, knowing about this... Help me at least be aware a little bit of, you know, maybe some of these people are driving dumb because of a situation that they're in. 
I, I have driven pretty fast and a little bit crazy sometimes, not because I'm a crazy person, because I was like desperately late for something, you know, mm -hmm. so it was more situation than disposition in my opinion. But anyway, that's, uh, and so I think in today's times, you know, like we look at people who are, and I don't want to become an apologist for storming the Capitol, but we look at, we look at them and we wonder, you know, like, is it who they are is why they did this or, or people who are, you know, rioting or something like that? Is it who they are or is there something about their situation that did that? I think that's always important to keep in mind when you're dealing with people. It's not necessarily that people are bad. Mm -hmm. It's like you're not necessarily, you, just, you know, it's not always productive to place blame. Mm -hmm. It's always important to understand why something has happened more than it is who's responsible. Yeah. 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 And I don't know. I feel like kind of a, I'm the kind of person who likes to blame people's disposition. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's helpful once in a while to see if I can step back and just be like, maybe it's something about their situation. Yeah. And not that they're just a horrible person. Oh, I always think it's something about the situation. Really? Good for you. Well, it's because that's how I would want people to treat me. Because mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't start the day wanting to be a jerk. But there, there are times where, you know, I'll just get into whatever's happening in my day. Mm -hmm. And maybe I've just had a bad day or something. I've just got some really bad news or I'm distracted by something. And I have an inter interaction with an individual that is totally separate from those circumstances. But it's not, you know, I didn't spend time listening to them or understanding what they are trying to say. And then I've just like quick went away. You know, I don't want that person to feel even inadvertently, like I was just trying to slight them or put them off. I was just like, it was me not being present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy to extend that courtesy to other people because sometimes I just find myself in those situations too. Yeah. That's very nice of you. I think it's important. <laughs> it is, but... I don't have a lot of patience with people. Oh God. <laughs> if somebody does something like horribly rude or, or, or mean or sends me a flame email, mm. I very well could take the approach of they're just having a bad day and there's something about their situation that's unusual. And, and so, and this works well in relationships. In fact, from what I understand relationships that, that work best are where when something is a little, gets a little sideways in the relationship, one person doesn't blame blame it on the other person as who they are, but just says, oh, they're just mad because of this situation, not, be, not because they're a bad person. But I still think like, but you still chose to write that email. You're still the kind of person who writes a flame email, even if I don't care if you had a bad day. Some people, You're going to yes. have more bad days, and I don't want any more of these emails, so you're gone. <laughs> Some people too, like if you think about commenters online, they mm -hmm. don't take... You know, when they comment, I've heard a lot of anecdotes where people have left very rude or hurtful comments. And then mm -hmm. the person who's received that comment actually replies in a mm -hmm. thoughtful way. And the initiating party then is like, oh, I didn't realize there was a real person reading these. Oh, yeah. Like, who did you think was going to read them? But also, I think that, you know, taking the time to be compassionate and understanding, I think, really humanizes people, too. Mm -hmm. So... You know, yeah, sometimes people are jerks. I'm not arguing that. 
um, I think it's more productive to just give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Yeah. I I used to think that way. <laughs> when you I ain't got time for when that. When I was your age, oh, but gosh. now that I'm older and more <laughs> older by negative two years <laughs> and more experienced, I know oh, I don't want to be around these people. I'm snipping them out of my life like pulling weeds from a garden. Aww. <laughs> and look how great I'm doing. <laughs> So try and argue with my system. <laughs> uh, Kristen, uh, we got to take a week off next week. Again. Because I'm not available. But what should we talk about when we come back? It's your turn this time. No, didn't I pick underwater drones? And I picked HoloLens. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this was a pick. <laughs> okay. Well, should we do another review for next time then? Oh, what do you want to review? We can... You, yes. We could review the Echo Frames. Okay. Because I have not worn them in weeks because I really don't know why I would. To give, I... You, give you a preview. <laughs> and I haven't worn them at all, so uh, how far are we going to get? Well, uh, would you like to borrow them? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I will just explain to you in 45 seconds what they can do, and you can tell me if you think it's worth it. I guess I... you could look at them. Well, well, no. Tied into this is, I think, a conversation about being in the Alexa ecosystem, too, yeah. which I have some thoughts about. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll be talking about doing a review of the Amazon Echo Frames, which are like 250 bucks without prescription which is like another i think 60 70 bucks if you want to actually get a prescription in them which a lot of places or at least costco doesn't want to do so you, i had to go online and get somebody to send them to me <sighs> we'll, we'll talk about that next time okay thanks Kristen. <laughs> thanks rob Thanks for listening to the In Stuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the In Stuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights True Stories from Alaska wherever you get your podcasts or at darkwinternights.com. The In Stuff podcast is brought to you by Scratch Band, the brand new way to help you stop touching your face. Why is everyone telling you to wash your hands these days? Because they're covered with germs. Every time you touch your face, you're helping to put those germs into your body and make yourself sick. Until now... Scratchband's patent-pending design allows you to scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers, shielding you from those gross hands. Made of medical-grade silicon, you can sanitize it in the dishwasher, washing machine, or even a microwave. So stop touching your face and making yourself sick, and join the evolution. Scratchband. More information at scratchband.life.